Help support the North Omaha History Podcast by becoming a patron. Just go to NorthOmahaHistory.com slash podcast and click on the Patreon button and become a patron for as little as a dollar a month. And we'd like to thank our patrons Ian Snyder, Lori Schwartz, Wanda Lewis, and Jim Collison. Welcome to the North Omaha History Podcast with noted author and historian Adam Fletcher Sassy. Each week, Adam takes you on a guided tour through Omaha's dynamic past. Along the tree-lined streets and fine middle and upper-class homes of Coons Place in North Omaha, the staff of Omaha's Presbyterian Theological Seminary decided in the early 20th century to start a new university. For 30 years, the neighborhood was home to the eventual University of Nebraska at Omaha. Adam, tell us more. All the way back in 1863, a group of town boosters from the little pioneer town of Saratoga, Nebraska Territory, got together and they went to the legislature and they said, we want to start the University of Nebraska. It was the first ever proposal for higher education in Nebraska, and the legislature was beside themselves. Please go do it. So these boosters went back to Saratoga and did nothing. But less than 50 years later, uh, Saratoga, just south of Saratoga in the Coots Place neighborhood, became the site of the first University of Omaha, which we all know eventually became UNO. Uh, The University of Omaha, uh, like you said there in the intro, Steve, the University of Omaha was founded by a group of faculty from the Presbyterian Theological Seminary. And a lot of people regard it as being a Presbyterian school for its first 20, 30 years until it became a municipal university. All of that had a lot of different looks. It had a lot of different things going on. But the thing to remember is that North Omaha was really built on universities, on higher education. You know, we had Creighton University founded in 1878 by Catholics. We had the Nebraska Methodist College started right in downtown around 1891. You had the Omaha Medical College that started as a private business in 1880. So, the Presbyterians decided that there needed to be a non-religious, higher education, degree-awarding institution to really soup up Omaha and make it a great place, uh, continue to make it a great place. So they built the University of Omaha. They established it. It was founded in 1907, and the vast majority of the faculty actually came from uh, the Presbyterian Theological Seminary right up the street, down the street from the campus. They put it at 24th and Pratt Streets. Now, today, there's no sign of it. Man, let me paint you a picture. It was a, it was a leafy campus. Uh, there were lots of big trees already there. They built up two main halls right away. One was the Reddick Hall. Uh, Reddick Hall was made of the old John Reddick Mansion. John Reddick was a famous lawyer in Omaha, very popular, used a lot of his wealth and influence to do good things around the city. And in 1875, he had built up a fine mansion out of an old farmhouse that was there. It became Reddick Hall in 1907 when his son sold it to this group of uh, professors at a small cost. Imagine going to college every single day. You're 17, 18, 19 years old, and every single day you get on the streetcar, you ride up North 24th Street, and you get off at the Reddick Mansion. Gigantic four-story tower with these huge, beautiful, billowing Queen Anne-style details all over the place. A wraparound veranda with fine gardens and a huge orchard in the back. Woo-wee. Then you walk through the front door, Steve. That whole interior of the mansion was dark oak woodwork and very serious and very pretentious feeling. There were four stories in the house, so there were classrooms all over the place. 
there was uh, the science hall, quote unquote, was out in the um, carriage house and just everything was magnificent there, except it was pretty cold and sometimes the lights didn't work and there was some things falling apart. But when the students that first year, when the school opened up in 1907, there was this old time tale about the students finding the wine cellar in the old Reddick mansion and the wine cellar was stocked. So Omaha University developed its party reputation early on. No, not really. It was still pretty religious. But every now and then, the students would apparently sneak down into the wine cellar and have their own taste. The second building to be built came around in 1916. Reddick Hall was deconstructed the next year in 1917. But before then, uh, the, ja the Jacobs Gymnasium was built. It was built to be, uh, well, a gym. It was, it was a grand space. It was two stories tall. It had a gigantic middle area where all of the sports happened, a second-story track surrounding the gym, uh, and then a couple of different men's rooms, changing rooms, women's changing rooms, and even a classroom and some other facilities kind of attached to it. But it was a big building, uh, and it was right there at 24th and Pratt. The second building to be built was the Joslin Hall. Uh, Joslin Hall was a gigantic hall. Uh, it had classrooms. It had the library. It had a cafeteria. It had the dean's office. It had all kinds of different... Uh, facilities inside of it. And uh, it was a pretty fancy place. I mean, it, it was a university building, so it wasn't spectacular, but lots of oak, lots of solid wood floors, uh, great plaster walls, the whole nine yards. And that was built in 1916. The Reddick Mansion, so I said it was deconstructed. Interesting story in itself. The university decided that it wasn't serving its purpose anymore, so they sold it. They sold it to a guy who put it, he had it deconstructed, taken apart in pieces, and they put it onto a train. And they shipped it up to Minnesota, where it became a resort called Valhalla. And the Valhalla Resort burnt down, unfortunately, in the 1920s. Uh, so that building was never seen again. But in the meantime, lots of people continued partying it up at the, at the old Reddick Mansion, but in a whole different place and a whole different name, Valhalla in Minnesota. In the meantime, back on campus at the University of Omaha, we had Jacobs Gymnasium, we had the Jocelyn Hall. They need more facilities. So in uh, the 19, in the late 1920s, uh, the University of Omaha acquired the Saratoga School that was on the, at that point, it was on the northeast corner of 24th and Ames. The Saratoga School was two and a half stories tall, a stout, uh, dark brick building that had a, ha a dozen classrooms and just lots of facility that was right there, but it was unused um, in 1927. So the university acquired it and made it into the science hall. It was the Saratoga Science Hall and all of their science activities, chemistry and biology and um, different stuff going on there, uh, lots of labs and different things. But that wasn't even enough. So they had to keep building. They built a temporary library at 24th and Pratt uh, that was in a wood building. They acquired some different houses around the campus to put the professors and the university administration into. Uh, there was a, a building that was called the South Lab uh, that was designed at probably at 24th and Pratt. And then another North Wing addition, probably to the Jocelyn Hall that was added uh, in, 19, in the 1920s. So there was lots of things going on and lots of designs happening. John Lassenter, Lat Latinser and Sons Architecture did a lot of design work. But then in the, in the 1920s, there was some pressure put on the university to where it either needed to kind of put up or shut up. So they went with the put up instead. 
They wanted to expand the campus and really build it out and make it something beautiful. They designed a plan for what they called the Magnificent Campus. And it was going to be this slate of land right there, 24th and Pratt, uh, that would take up more than two city blocks. It would be surrounded in trees and have a, a dozen fine halls, buildings for, that would both be dormitories, classrooms, uh, athletic facilities, everything right there. But it didn't go through. Uh, they didn't build on it. Instead, they waited. And in the, in the late 1930s, uh, another development happened. The uh, uh, city of Omaha started pushing for the University of Omaha to become a municipal university, meaning that the city would support its, its existence and it would become part of the education system in Omaha. Similar to like how we see the Omaha public schools today, Omaha University would just be an extension of that system. So instead of K-12, kindergarten through 12th grade, it would be kindergarten through 16, K-16, making it a kind of a unified system. So the city was invested in this idea, but they needed more space, according to them. And the in the meantime, the neighborhood around the University of Omaha, Kuntz Place, had filled in between the time that the university was founded in 1907 and, be and, and the 1930s. So with that infill, the land wasn't available to build on. So the first blow that happened was the United States federal government coming through to Omaha and saying, hey, we want to support your development of your college. How can we do that? The, the university administration and the city of Omaha leaders identified a campus space out on 60th and West Dodge Road, what was then West Dodge Road, um, what we think of as Dodge Street now. And that eventually was the place where they built the Epley administration building that became the cornerstone of the entire University of Nebraska at Omaha campus today. That was in 1937 that that was finished and opened up for business. And in that time, between 1907, when the school was started in 1937, thousands of students had graduated, a couple thousand had graduated from Omaha University. Um, the university experienced different amounts of support from the city and found out that the way to keep it going, keep the ball rolling, was to move out west. So they left North Omaha. And once the University of Omaha left North Omaha, they never looked back. Today, Steve, there's no sign that the university was ever located at 24th and Pratt. There's no sign of those grand buildings. There's nothing left. In 1964, uh, the Jacobs Gymnasium and Joslin Hall were both torn down. Yeah, interesting story about those buildings. Uh, when the university moved out in 37, Joslin Hall became a uh, private property and that was called the University Apartments. Uh, it was located right on the corner of 24th and Pratt. And these apartments were general use apartments. Everybody rented them. They lived there. And they lasted all the way until 64. That year, uh, the city of Omaha targeted the building for demolition. Because, well, the same thing that was happening all around North Omaha in the 60s uh, with the city's program of demolishing, quote, slums, which was a uh, code word for probably a, a white flight some other things that were going on at that time. So they tore down the university apartments. They tore down the Jacobs Gymnasium, which actually stood from the 30s all the way into the 60s. For a long period of time between the 30s and the 50s, it was called the WPA Gym. That stands for Workers' Progress Administration. And it was called that because the WPA came through in 37 when the university moved out and they opened up the gym as a community gym, kind of like a we think of the YMCA today. 
This community gym ran for 20 years before it closed down. And then the building stood empty for a long time and then it was demolished. So there's no sign of what was once a great campus right there in North Omaha. I actually spent several years researching this article, kind of trying to come up with the different buildings that were there, the different activities. Great stories about basketball teams for the women at the University of Omaha in the 1920s, about football at the University of Omaha for the men in the 1920s. You know, there was a gigantic, along with the Saratoga Science Hall, there was the Saratoga Field uh, that was basically the playground at the school, renovated, put in new bleachers, put in night lights in the 1930s in order to become the main football field for the football team. Uh, so lots of important things that were going on right there at that point, uh, right in North Omaha with the University of Omaha. Some of the things that I can't find today are any signs of the original, those buildings that were used uh, in the 1920s and 30s, the houses that were used as offices. I don't know if they still stand or not. I can't quite identify them. The other thing worth saying is that um, there was there the University of Omaha, when it was in North Omaha, operated as a full school. They had a College of Liberal Arts and Sciences. They had a Department of Fine and Applied Arts, Home Economics, Engineering School, Teacher Training School, Pre-Med Department that was located downtown, a School of Law that was downtown, a School of Music at the North Omaha campus, a Department of Expression that I'm not really sure what they did, and a School of Commerce and Finance that was also downtown. So it was a really dynamic place. Right across the street from the campus, the other thing worth mentioning, uh, was a little business. It was called the Hash House, and it was ran by Mama Max. Mama Max Hash House was an informal campus institution where all of the college students would go in the morning for their coffee, and then the rich ones would go over there for lunch. The campus faculty would go at dinner time to eat some soup, and uh, it was a roaring good time, as was all of 24th for a very long time all the way into the 1950s and early 60s. So that's the story of the University of Omaha and North Omaha, and really kind of a, some light onto those early roots of the University of Nebraska at Omaha to show us where we're coming from. Maybe it's a sign of where we're going, and hopefully the UNO will look back on North Omaha and shine some bright light soon. Thanks for listening to the North Omaha History Podcast with noted author and historian Adam Fletcher Sassy. Join us next week as Adam takes you on another guided tour through Omaha's dynamic past.